Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Business of Healing podcast. I hope that you are all doing so well wherever you are. So today's episode, we are going to be focusing on the business pillar of our podcast. So as you know, on this podcast, we have three pillars that we will pull from, talking about building our self-belief as healers, looking at our boundaries with ourselves, with our clients and our everyday life, with our families and everything that comes with that. And then also, of course, business. And so as a healer, I have helped people in multiple different ways. Of course, in private practice as a therapist, uh, online as a coach, and also in person doing workshops and retreats, and primarily as a course creator. So these days, I teach the majority of my concepts, the ways that I help people heal and work through what they need through online courses. And I personally love doing online courses because I like giving folks something tangible and practical that they can use. I prefer to offer courses that are lifetime access so that people can come back to it and use it. And also because I feel like it's really good for all different types of learners. People can come back and re-listen to things. They can take their time as they work through it. They can binge it all and get main concepts and then come back to it later. So I am a big fan of courses. And also because of what I teach and how I help people, I feel like courses are the best because usually there's multiple layers and multiple components that come in helping people work through intimacy disorders. So it's not good enough to, or in my opinion, is not enough to just teach someone communication skills. I need to teach people how to get dysregulated. I need to tell them how to to work through their fear. I need to tell them how this is connected to previous trauma when they get blocked. I need to tell them how to build relationships and build a support system. I need to help them learn how to find their answers within themselves. I need to learn how to help them work through procrastination. I need to help them learn how to date and show up in relationships in a different way. You know, and all of this is the component and all these for me are components of one main problem that they are coming in to solve. And so because there's information, because there's multiple steps, putting all that in the package of courses feels like the best way to help people work through what they need. 2016. 2016 was the first time that I launched a course. And so this is at the time I'm recording that, that is what about seven years worth. And I have launched multiple different versions of courses. I've done smaller ones. I've done longer, more extensive ones, ones that had long-term cohorts and some that just had a few hours worth of workshop materials. And so I've learned a lot through all the different courses and different programs that I've had about what I feel works and what I feel like doesn't work. And so in today's episode, I'm going to start us off with that conversation. And I'm just going to share three things that I've learned from teaching courses online. And hopefully that can help you if you are thinking about starting courses or if you're already teaching courses to your clients or to people in your audience that you can take this feedback or take this advice and do with it what you will. Um, or if you find it validating to what you've also seen as well, I hope that you find it helpful. So the first thing that I've learned from teaching courses that I think is of utmost importance and is really ethical is that you make sure that whatever you are putting into your courses, that they 
that the people who purchase your courses, that they are able to get a real transformation from those materials. That's a part A. And then also for me, I believe that it's really important that they are able to get a transformation that is different or more in depth or more extensive than what they can get from their free material, from your free materials. So in addition to courses, I teach primarily on my podcast and I have hundreds of episodes at this point. And I've had women who have told me repeatedly how much the podcast has legitimately changed their lives and helped them really get a lot of clarity around their their issues around the relationships and make incredible changes. And the majority of women who send send me these messages are people who, to my knowledge, have not ever bought a program or at least not a program where they get to work directly with me and that they are getting all this transformation just from the hour's worth of podcast episodes and free resources that I put online. And I love that. I love that I am able to put out something that is actually um, not clickbait, and actually helps people make real lasting changes. However, the testimonials that I get from women who purchase and invest in coursework with me all talk about how, yes, they benefited from the podcast and everything that I put out, but once they got into the program, once we actually started working together, once they actually got this next level of transformation, it took them even deeper. And it gave them something that they did not know that, they did not know that they were missing. Of course, they wanted something more, which is why they made the investment. But by doing the coursework, they got what they invested and more. And I think this is really important because not only am I a course creator, I am a course buyer. And so if I find someone who I really love what they're teaching, their expertise, and I want to learn more, and I want to go deeper in whatever the subject matter is, I love investing in myself and I love having, especially if it's a lifetime access product, something that I can go and use and reapply and learn from and and just take with me. And there have been a few times that I purchased something where either the coursework was just a repetition of their free materials, which, okay, um, I know that there's one course creator who I... I really appreciate she's actually known in the YouTube world and she is known for, um, I can't remember the name of her course, but her name is Sunny um, Leonard Doozy. Leonard Doozy, I think that's how you say it. Oh, that, that's not how you say her last name. But if you sound out what I just said and search for it, she's one of the people who's well known for teaching people how to do YouTube. And at least she is at the time that I'm recording this, so the last time I checked. And so she has a signature course and in that signature course, she has all of the materials that she teaches on her YouTube channel, but she has thousands of, of videos. And so if you wanted to go and watch thousands of videos to put it all together, you absolutely could. She does not hold back. She does not give you just a little bit and then says, click the link if you want to learn more. Um, she is very generous. However, what she does in that course is she puts all the things that she breaks down in each of her videos into one location for you to easily reference. And so the investment is worth having all of that put together in one place um, for convenience, again, for ease, for the ability to have a, a clear system to apply. So in that case, I feel like putting all your material that you may give out very generously in one place makes sense. So that is all in a really coherent package. However, like I said, I've had some people who have put things out 
that was things that we've always heard about. And so there was not as much bang for your buck, in my opinion. There was not as much transformation on the other side because of everything that I've kind of already heard before and that I was already applying, except for now I had become a patron. And then there were some other folks who would maybe give a little bit of information, but it was either so skimpy or such a clear attempt to be an upsell for the next course that it was just not a good experience, uh, that you had to buy a package of multiple things to get that transformation. And as much as I understand, because I'm someone who has done this myself, have, have had a course library of multiple different courses that solve different problems. For me, ethically, it makes more sense and I can sleep better at night knowing that even if they did not invest in any other program, the program that they did invest in gave them exactly what they were looking for. And if they needed or wanted to go deeper in something else for all the reasons I said at the top of this episode, because the way that I teach is multi-layered and there's multiple different objectives that I want my students to complete. So putting all that in one place would not uh, make sense because it would totally take away from what the objective of the main program is. So for me, the experience of the student is actually top of mind by making sure that there is a set designated place for each of these topics. However, again, anytime that I've experienced something that was just really flimsy and empty and had a lot of gaps and was just... um the program was kind of its own sales page for something that was bigger or more expensive was not a good experience for me as as a customer. And it did not make me want to buy the next thing because I lost trust in the teacher. I lost trust in the coach. And so just know that, you know, they talk about how when it comes to finding your people and finding your clients, you want to find your 1,000 biggest fans. as alluring and as attractive as it is to try to get all these giant numbers and constantly having people come in and coming to your fold or having a big audience, if that is something that's important to you, you want to build your most thousand loyal fans and customers and continue to solve their problems. Continue. If you are someone who is interested in having multiple courses or multiple products, make sure that you are doing right by them with what they purchase so that they now have trust to continue to come back to you and purchase more because they know that you are going to show up with integrity. They know that you're going to show up um, with your best self and that you're going to give them what they need to actually move forward. And by you doing that with them, not only do you have repeat customers, you also have a referral system. So now you're they are telling their friends and family about how they invested in the program or did something and it really helped them. And so that is my number one rule to make sure that you are actually giving people real transformation in whatever program that you have. And if it is a part of a bigger network of programs to make sure that for them to solve that next level version or the next level problem, that it doesn't take away from the actual reason that they are there. That is just, it is a, natural stair step for them to move forward versus a forced one. The next thing I've learned from teaching courses online is that the format doesn't matter as long as it is authentic to you. Now, this has been hard for me as someone who has traditionally been a perfectionist and wanted to do things the right way and uh, has not been 
I've not been a stranger to the comparison bug, especially people who I feel like are killing it or people who I really appreciate and respect in this space. And so seeing how other people teach courses or teach their programming and being like, oh, that's a great idea. Because the truth is, there are a hundred ways to to teach something, whether or not it is an audio-based course or audio and video or one that has homework or one that has, uh, you have to finish one level before it unlocks the next level, whether or not it's text only, you know, I've seen it all. And uh, actually, I probably have not seen it all. I'm sure there's going to be new ways that people come and, and decide that they are going to teach the people within. But what I've learned is by me trying to do things the way that other folks are doing it, it is only going to prolong the process and make it harder, make it more difficult to do. You are going to get really frustrated with it. And I think your clients may suffer on the other side of it. So your clients do not know you're the only one who has in your head how something is supposed to look, right? You're the one who has your own vision. And so if you're not careful and if you're coming from a place of lack or um, imposter syndrome or low self-esteem or comparison like I have in the past, you may get to a place where you're projecting oh man, my clients are not even going to appreciate this because this is how it could have been or this is how perfect it could have been or this is how big it could have been. And all your clients care about is can you help me solve my problem? And can you give me a clear system and a clear set of steps and a clear way to troubleshoot if or when I apply this system and it doesn't work? That's what they want. Um, Some people do care depending on what your, whatever your, your negative thoughts about it is, you know, there are some people who may care about certain things. They may care about sound quality, or they may care about how pretty and elaborated, elaborate and animated your slides are. If you use slides or they may, you know, look at you on video and judge your appearance or your makeup, or, you know, if it's bad lighting or something like that. So let me be clear by me saying, do not just go out there and throw slop out there and say, well, if people actually want it to get better, then, you know, then they want to care about that. No, absolutely not. Always put your best self forward. What I mean is, it's up to you to figure out what is your voice. So let me give you a couple of examples. I know that there are some educators and teachers out there who only do text-based coursework, meaning they, if you buy their courses, They are not going to have an introduction video. They are not going to have any type of audio that they may have multiple modules, but it's all going to be written and they are going to be clear. They are going to be uh, elaborative. They are going to actually walk you through it. But for them, the way that they teach, it is text. And uh, because they are ethical, they put that in the, on the sales page and they put in description, they let you know up front, hey, this is what's happening. So that is not your teaching style. This is not for you to invest. There are some people who only do uh, short videos and then the rest are assignments. There are people who only teach for a face to camera and there are no assignments and they teach in le- lecture style. And there are some people who don't teach on camera at all. And they will either go through slides or they will go through workbooks and work assignments. So for me, when I first started teaching courses, I have had multiple different iterations of like this kind of identity thing. I learned early on that me teaching face to video was not going to work for a lot of reasons. Uh, There may be different additions to a lesson that I wanted to add in. And so 
I may teach it one way on video and then I would think of the next thing that I wanted to add. And so the between the lighting going down throughout the day or me wanting to make sure that I wear the same thing so that there's continuity in the videos that from the beginning did not work out for me. So I started to teach via PowerPoints. And so that got a lot better. But then as I started to grow, have more clients, have more problems that I wanted to solve, for me, teaching in PowerPoints was not, was started to be a a deterrent because I would have to create the PowerPoint that I need to write the worksheets and then I would need to write the script. And so I had to work smarter, not harder so that I could actually help people with the resources that they needed instead of it getting caught in this production cyclone and perfectionistic cyclone. So I cut out multiple parts of those and I went straight to let me write all of my notes and all the things that I want people to learn on these worksheets, create gaps and blocks and discussion questions as needed, and I'm going to teach from the worksheet. So now a lot of my courses are the the main worksheet that has all the notes and all of the things that they need with a audio voiceover where I'm teaching them. And it's a long lesson. It's an extensive lesson. And I'm going through each point of the worksheet and uh, they are getting so much information there. And then after that, uh, they have their instructions for the next steps for their assignment, what they're supposed to get from it and what questions they may have, answering those questions as I go. But then also most of my programs come with community or coaching support, or at least my main program does. And so really encouraging them to come and share what they're learning and get that feedback and support from me as coach and teacher. And that has helped so much. It has helped so much for me as someone who's not only neurodivergent, someone who is a um, a creative. I'm constantly coming up with different ideas. I'm constantly wanting to solve the problems of my audience too, because I really love them and I really want the best for them and I want them all to be free. And so that is what works for me. Someone else could hear that and be like, I could never, if I had to create a worksheet, gosh, gag me, (laughs) you know, like they would never be able to do that. And so it's up for you. The main point is the format doesn't matter is as long as it's authentic to you, because if someone has invested in working with you, they've already heard you teach. They've already become accustomed to your style. They know what it is that you are here to bring to the table. And so however you teach in whatever format and whatever voice and whatever method you choose is going to work because your people have already found you. And so that's just encouragement for all of my perfectionists to just choose something and go. And also to know you can always change your mind as well as you go on. And for this last one, this is actually pretty related to this. And this might actually make a follow-up appearance if I ever do mistakes that I've made in coursework or things that I've reconsidered. I want Maybe not a mistake, but I'm going to say that the third thing that I've learned from teaching courses is that it is okay to update or to add on. So one of the things that I think I, the, the, the person now who has more experience If I had known better, I think in the past, I thought that, you know how I said I've created different programs for different problems. There have been times that as my clients have gone through a program that there was like another roadblock that came up or something else that I thought would be a really great consideration. And so I decided to create another program to solve that problem. 
And while I know that that is the model for a lot of teachers, you know, again, they have a, a huge library of different courses and things and different uh, books or materials that people can use. I think if I could go back, I think I would have just added on to different programs versus create something completely new. And so that way, whenever I did create a new program, it really did have an opportunity to be its own standalone thing. Now that I'm years into this, I'm able to better discern, okay, this is just an extension of something my clients are already learning. So either they get grandfathered into it, or if I'm teaching it in a more in-depth way, they can get it, but it's extremely discounted because they are alumni to this program. Or no, this is something that is novel and this is something that needs its own space. So this does deserve to be its own learning space. And so again, I think for me, I... Early on, I didn't realize that I was I was going to be a creator that would always be creating. I thought because there are a lot of people in the space, a lot of people in the coaching and program space who do have their one signature program and they have their one thing that they do all the time. And I didn't know back then that I was going to be something that would have a lot of different things. <laughs> And so I was kind of figuring out as I went along, okay, what are the things that are part of this bigger thing? What are these things? What are things that are smaller, uh, but significant? And what are the things that are just more of the same, but taught in a different way or um, more of a intense way of learning about it that could either, again, be grandfathered in or have its own space, but not as confusing. Because what I found is that what I think has happened, you know, I'm not on the end of my clients and I've, and I've asked and I've gotten feedback. And so what I think has happened sometimes is because I've created so many programs that sometimes they would compete with each other and that I would have folks who were really excited to work with me and they wanted whatever I had, but because I had two programs that may have seemed very similar and it wasn't really clear what the difference between the two of them was, it really, they kind of canceled each other out and the person didn't know what next step to take. So they didn't take it. And so uh, here I'm kind of getting into marketing a little bit, but it's really important for you to be very clear with whatever courses or programs or services that you have, that this service is to, to solve this problem. And this service is to solve this problem. If I've seen that if a person is at that place where they're ready to invest to 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 move forward, you for me, I might have thought that it was more helpful to say, well, each way you go, you're going to get your solution. But the person is already kind of overwhelmed or flooded with, I don't know which decision to make. And so if you don't make the decision for them or tell them, give them education to know why each of the each of the services are distinct and different. Nine times out of 10, they're going to make a non-decision at all. And so if that is helpful for you, if you are also a creative listening to this, and if you are kind of like a mad genius in a way, and you want to create multiple different things, I would encourage you, again, as someone who has gone through this in hindsight, I would encourage you to, if you cannot stick to one main program, because you do have multiple different ways or multiple different methods or multiple problems that you solve, look into maybe consolidating some things, uh, maybe look into having 
uh, one-time bonus workshops or something versus creating whole other programs or materials. That's something that I'm going to be leaning into in this next phase instead of me creating a whole different course for whatever problem has come up. Because in my world, I help people with intimacy disorders. So by way of solving how they show up in their romantic partnerships and their self-esteem, we talk about mother wounds and father wounds and that type of trauma. So I could create a whole other course that talks about trauma, or I could just have a bonus workshop, um, a one-time bonus workshop, and have that grandfathered into our main course, which already talks about trauma. But maybe I do have clients who are one of my 1,000 loyal customers or fans who have already gotten that in the main course, but they want to have a refresher or they may find that it is beneficial and helpful. And so that is where I've had to learn how to become a little bit more creative to get that that itch out <laughs> to to teach and to maybe create something novel that maybe might not be as novel. And also for me, it is a good way to get people in where they are investing and they are able to see, okay, this paid experience actually is different and, and more enhanced than what Sheena gives outside of her free resources. Her free, free resources are already great, but these paid resources are even better. And so um, it's a really great baby step in too for people who want to learn more. So hopefully that is helpful for those who are considering or currently doing coursework or wanting to be a course creator. I would love to hear if you have any questions about this and maybe I can do a follow-up episode to talk about any questions or talk about any experiences that you have seen as well. But yeah, that is it for now. Thank you so much for being here and being a part of the Business of Healing podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one.